All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to our live stream today um, on pre-trib, uh, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever you want to call it, trib, trib, trib. Um, bottom line is, is you know, a lot of people are going to say, what's, what's, what's a big deal one way or another? It's not about being right or wrong, but really it's about the preparation. Um, if you're on the wrong side of the, the wood, so to speak, with the, with the arc, you're either in it or you're out of it, right? So um, it would be bogus to be on the outside drowning. Um, but pre-trib itself, uh, understand that I grew up in, you know, Christian home, Christian school, uh, at church, and, you know, growing up, that's what was taught. It just was. It was, it was the only thing I knew. Um, and, but, you know, of course, you're young, you're, you're a child, you're a young teen, you don't know any better. You're just taking the word of the people around you and what they're saying. And it sure, it seems to make sense. I mean, like, you know, uh, you're not reading it for yourself. You're not putting in everything together and taking it as a full context in the picture. And so you end up, you know, just kind of following along and then it gets regurgitated. Right. And then you tell your friends about it and you, and so on. And as you do that, unfortunately, it, it spreads real easy because it's a great, warm, fuzzy sort of thing to think about pre-trib. Like, hey, before things get rough, I'm out of here. It's not my problem. You're going to have to deal with it. Um, but even just that thought itself is kind of silly because then it kind of makes most of Revelation a moot point uh, for, for Christians in the first place. Because, you know, the Bible is the basic instructions before leaving earth. And uh, God put that in there for you. OK, so when he instructed Noah, um, you know, about building the ark uh, and Noah was going to see things that he has never seen before. And he went along in faith. Right. And the great tribulation also says it's going to be great tribulation, like nothing we've ever seen before. And so those in faith, we, we take these instructions from God, things he's telling us to look out for. And then we go and we prepare properly. Why? Because the tribulation is not about the world getting a hard time from God. The tribulation is about the tribula tribulation you're going to suffer through the tribulation portion. Now, um, let's, let's talk about a few things. So when I say it's a setup, okay, number one, it's a setup for disappointment. And I, and I tell you, if you're a pastor and you're out there, um, think, think deeply about this. Um, I know some people have, have probably used, you know, things like, Hey, you know, when, when you're trying to witness to somebody, Hey, let's err on the, on the stronger side, right? Like, well, Hey, I believe in God, you know, I'm no worse for the wear, right? You know, if I die and I was wrong, blah, blah, blah. It's a weak argument. But nonetheless, if you look at that in the same, same light and you look at uh, pre-trib, uh, post-trib, pre-trib leaves Christians not preparing and figuring they got nothing to worry about. Um, and then, of course, when things get rough, all of a sudden their faith is shaken. They don't know what to think. Now the storyline is changing in a very troublesome time, and they're not prepared, right? It's like sending them out into the deepest parts of the roughest parts of the sea with no life jackets and saying, oh, don't worry about it. God's going to get you out of here first, okay? Um, but the scripture says everything except that. It just doesn't. Um, and so what's important really is not my feelings. It's not your feelings. It's what the Word of God says. And there are multiple factors that are around tribulation, but around the rapture that help us understand when, how, what must happen. Um, because you can't just say the rapture is going to happen any day if prophecy is not fulfilled. Okay. Rapture can't supersede the prophecy. It's got to fall in prophecy where it says. So um, now during the, the tribulation time, a lot of pre-tribbers believe, well, I'm not going to be here for, call, there's a million names, right? Antichrist, son of perdition, abomination, abomination of desolation. I'm not going to be here for any of this stuff. So, you know, I'm not worried about it. But 
Matthew 24, and we're going to get into Matthew 24 here in just a moment. Um, it's a great chapter, and, and honestly, if you really pay close attention when reading Matthew 24, you're going to see some uh, very key points in there that even I overlooked many times. Um, you know, I, I, I focus on a lot of other chapters, but Matthew 24 is Jesus Christ speaking on these things. So it's very important that we pay attention to what he said in there if you're a follower of Christ, right? So... But I would like to, to, to mention here, you know, there's a great deception coming with the abomination, the son of perdition, okay? And even the very elect, as we'll read in Matthew, can be deceived, okay? And I don't know if you consider yourself the very elect. I mean, how well read are you? That's really the question. How, how, how well can you not be, you know, how strong are you from, you know, uh, being able to avoid being fooled, essentially, right? Um, and if you believe in pre-trib, mm, I would say you'd be likely fall for the uh, the son of perdition as well, and we're going to get into that. But one thing I would like to do is let's start on some common ground, flat out. Let's let's read four verses, the only four verses that I'm aware of um, that give us a promise, okay? And it's not a promise that you won't suffer tribulation. It's not a promise that you won't have to go through hard times. In fact, if you read all the New Testament, you'll realize Jesus said many times, oh, you're all going to suffer tribulation. You're going to suffer much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. You're going to be beaten. You're going to be killed. And let me remind you, John the Baptist, the man who baptized Jesus Christ, had his head removed from his body. So, don't think that, you know, you're extra special, you're more special than someone else, right? You're not greater than your master, the Bible says. So look what they did to Christ. Don't think you're out of line. We might be in a, a cushy environment right now, but if you're paying attention to what's going on in the world, you know that's going to change, and it changes quickly. So let's, let's read and agree on these four verses, okay? And, uh, and let's see what you get out of that. So in John 3, 36, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abide on him. So if you're not a believer, the wrath of God will abide upon you. Romans 5, 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So you will be saved from wrath, right? You're not going to have to deal with God's wrath. And 1 Thessalonians 1, 10 and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Okay, so Jesus was sent, to, and we're going to be spared from wrath through salvation, right, by his grace. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So four references in the Bible that all say the same thing. You're not subject to God's wrath. You will not find four verses anywhere or even one that says you will not suffer tribulation. Um, they all say contrary. So, But we can agree on these four verses. We're not going to be here for God's wrath. Now remember that. okay? And by the way, if you don't have a highlighter with you, please get a highlighter. Highlight your Bible when you're studying and you're reading. These, these things are important to highlight. You don't have to highlight the whole chapter, but please at least highlight some of the verses or some key words. Um, it's great for reference later, and you can see where your mind was at and the things that stood out to you. Um, I love highlighting in my Bible. Um, but I want to go ahead, let's read Matthew 24, okay? Uh, get some scripture down here, and then we're just going to kind of make some points along the way, because Matthew 24 pretty much gives us everything that we need, and then we're going to go through... Uh, a few other books of the Bible, uh, you know, some other verses in Thessalonians and Corinthians, and of course, Revelation, uh, Galatians, um, that's all going to confirm what Jesus said here in um, Matthew 24. So uh, Matthew 24, this is where the second, this starts off, the second temple is destroyed, okay? This is what Jesus is prophesying. It's not destroyed in this verse, 
but he's prophesying of the second temple being destroyed, which, by the way, was destroyed shortly after his death. So, and it says, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See, not, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be one stone uh, upon here and left here upon the other that shall not be thrown down. So he's talking about utter destruction of the second temple, um, which did happen, and that was what seventy, I believe that was seventy A.D. Um, that that was destroyed. So um, since then, the Jews have not had their temple. Okay, and they're they're, they're they need it. They want it, right? And we need it for prophecy. But unfortunately, we need it for two different things. Um, as I mentioned about the setup for the abomination and the son of, son of perdition, without that temple, they, they can't fulfill prophecy. So the Jews want the temple because they believe the Messiah is coming to the temple. Okay, remember, they missed Jesus the first time, but they're literally looking for it. And as we read in Matthew, they're setting themselves up for the great deception. The problem is, is it sets everyone up for the great deception as well. Because the Jews are going to be calling out, look, it's a Messiah, there's miracles, look at this, look at this. And the whole world's going to be wandering after that. The whole world is going to be deceived, even the very elect if possible. Okay, this means you better know your Bible, and you better know it well. Because you miss the pre-trib rapture, all of a sudden things are getting rough, Christians are being persecuted. But then all of a sudden, this quote-unquote Messiah shows up and is doing miracles. Um, what are you going to start thinking now? Well, man, my church was wrong about that rapture. I'm still here. Uh Maybe this is the Messiah. Maybe we read it wrong, okay? Literally, that's what's going to be happening. So it's very important for you. Uh, so in verse 3 of Matthew 24, And he that sat upon the Mount of Olives, uh, that, um, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, uh, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when these things be, and when the sign of thy coming, and the end of the world. Okay? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. He starts right off, first of all, with don't be deceived. We are in, if you, if you haven't been paying attention, we are probably in the greatest time of deception we've ever had, okay? So uh, understand that all end times is going to be a high level, all right? Now, we have false teachings coming, and, and this is interesting in verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. That means, not that in this particular reference he's saying a bunch of them are going to say that, I'm Christ, that they are Christ's, okay? But he's saying that there's going to be false prophets basically coming in and saying, yeah, Jesus is Christ, but they got a twist on the scripture, okay? They're going to start taking things that God says is an abomination, and they're going to start telling you, no, it's okay now, okay? Part of the great deception, also part of the great falling away. In verse 6, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences uh, and earthquakes in diverse places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. So, um, you know, we have plenty of that going on at this point. Of course, throughout history we have that. So, you know, don't hang your hat uh, too, too much on, on that. Just understand it. it's going to be a time of kind of chaotic uh, things going on in the world, but you know, there's also references to birthing pangs as well. So understand that when we think about that, the contractions are getting tougher and tougher, closer and closer, right? And as they do, uh, the, the, the birth of the end, so to speak, is coming, all right? That's important to understand. So we expect this chaos to get worse and worse. We expect the, the, the anti-Christ movement, which is anybody that is against Christ, period, to continue to get stronger as we get towards the end. Okay, so now, uh, just, just so you know, Jesus did tell you you'll be uh, hated and killed during this time in case you 
thought you were going to be um, doing fun stuff. Uh, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. All right, so <clears throat> if you find warm and fuzzy in that statement, um, you are definitely a positive person. Um, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Look, folks, this is our world in depth right now, and it's going to get worse uh, for sure. All right. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all the nations, and then the end shall come. So there's many false prophets, by the way. Okay? Um, that means there's going to be people out there faking it on TV, but they're also going to be telling you about fake prophecies. You know, oh, the, the Lord told me this, Lord told me that. Listen, at this point, the only thing you need to know is what's in your Bible. Okay, that's what's important. Look in your Bible, read the words. Uh, as we read these, these, these verses and stuff, highlight what's important to you. Don't forget them. They won't change, okay? If somebody comes out speaking opposite of what's in the Word of God, run. Just, just walk away. You need to know your Word, though. Otherwise, you're easily fooled. So we mentioned about the abomination. This is why, because Jesus here in verse 15 of chapter 24 of Matthew, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place. So to me, um, for sure, this is a reference of being in the temple. And we're going to tie this together in just a few moments here with the son of perdition as well. Um, but he, he, this is a prophecy from Daniel even, right? And Jesus is repeating it again. Then when standing in a holy place, he says, then... Uh, then let them which be in Judea, Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on his housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let them which in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. Pray, uh, but pray ye that your flight not be in winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be great tribulation. Do you understand? Pre-tribbers love to divide up tribulation. Number one, they, they, they cast names, okay? And, and you'll see this, right? If you're a pre-tribber, you probably heard it this way, right? Well, there's tribulation, then there's great tribulation, but we're not going to be here for great tribulation, and so on and so on. So what I like to do is stick to the Bible, uh, by the way. Um, and when we get in Revelation, uh, the, the word tribulation is not carried in this solid form you would think of. You're not going to read it and go, oh, look, there's the start of the tribulation. You know what I mean? Um, you got to read deeper than that. Um, but one thing that is very clear, just like we read early on, is the wrath of God. That is very clear. So I don't call the wrath of God great tribulation, um, because quite frankly, Jesus right here is warning you that you're going to be here. Pray your flight not be in winter. He's telling you you're going to have to run. He's not talking about the air, airplane, you know, you're going to fly to Maui or something, okay? He's talking about the great tribulation. And so here it is, his words, not mine, all right? And when he's talking about you're not going to have time, you're going to have to run. Why is this? What we're going to learn when we get to Revelation is because of the persecution of Christians. At this point, uh, the end game is happening, okay? This is, this is the great tribulation. It's great for believers in Christ. It's great for believers in Christ. Not great like feeling good, but the persecution, okay? And we'll get to that in a moment. But, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. Bottom line is, you know, there's a storm out there. I'm just telling you, get your life jacket, okay? Okay. Um, 
And uh, so anyways, the great tribulation, such as uh, in, in this tribulation is so great, it says, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. Okay, something you've never seen before. Guess who else suffered similarly, right? right? When, God's, uh, when God flooded the earth, they got to see something they never saw before, did they? And that was the last thing many saw. Um, but uh, so, so, so not since the beginning of the world, nor ever shall be. So verse 22. And except those days be shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days should be shortened. Okay? Because why? Because there's deception of the very elect is happening as well. So God's cutting the day short, or even they, they won't even be saved. Just keep that in mind. All right? Then if any man say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. Now think about that for a moment. He's literally now telling you, that there will be a false Messiah. Literally. Someone's going to tell you that Jesus Christ is here on this earth, working miracles before men. Don't believe it. Right? Jesus is telling you, don't believe it. It's coming. I warned you. But yet the world will be deceived by this. Even though, plainly, it says it right here. Even though, you know, uh, we know all about it. Even though we know that at this point, the third temple is going to get built. And that's where that final stage is at right for the de greatest deception, okay? Every Jew in the world that, that is old school is literally waiting and just, you know, can't wait for this temple to be there. They're literally preparing themselves for the greatest deception. So, um, so, so he says, don't go when they say there's Christ. For there shall uh, arise false Christ. There he's telling you, right? And false prophets. So there's going to be a team out there, if, if you will. There's Christ, so on, right? And shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceived, uh, deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. So this is words out of Jesus' mouth. He is sitting there telling his disciples about this, and he's warning, he's telling you. So we're here for this. We're here for this deception. I, I, Pre-trippers don't think they're even going to be here for this at all. None of it. This is the danger. So when this is happening, the greatest deception, miracles being worked in the sight of men, things that haven't even been seen before, you're going to tell me that you're strong enough not to be deceived? Listen, if you believe pre-trib, I'm telling you, you will be deceived. Absolutely. But hopefully today, you, you mark these verses, because we've, we've got more, right? Matthew's just kind of the stage we're going to read through, and then we're going to get into the other books of the Bible. And at that point, if you're pre-trib, you have to overwrite every other scripture we're going through here at this point, and Jesus's words himself, in order to even hang on to that belief, okay? Um, so, uh, when therefore, uh, let's see, we have the return of Son of Man, right? When therefore, uh, they shall say unto you, behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. He is in his secret chambers, believe it not. So, man, there's just going to be a lot about this. You're like, oh, the Messiah is here, right? For as lightning cometh out of the far east, out of the east, rather, and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there will be the eagles gathered together. And he says, immediately after the tribulation in those days. So immediately after the tribulation, folks, all right? Uh, the sun is darkened, the moon will not give her light, and the stars from, fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, okay? After the tribulation. This is Jesus' words, okay? And remember, he was just talking about it right there in verse uh, 21. It, it's the great tribulation, folks. This is what we're talking about. Um, so anyways, he appears in, uh, in heaven, if you will, and then uh, shall the tribes of the earth mourn, okay? They shall mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds, he's in the clouds, of heaven with power and great glory. 
and he shall send uh, his angels with the sound of a trumpet. Hear me out. Trumpet. Key word. Got to have a trumpet. No trumpet, no rapture. Okay? Um, so we have the Son of Man, and he's in the clouds with a trumpet. Okay? Uh, he's not doing the trumpet, by the way. Um, and they shall gather together the elect from the four winds before, from heaven and, and to the other. So uh, here at this point, we know several things. There's great tribulation. We're going to be here for it. Uh, we'll be afflicted, killed, hated of all nations, and so on. And, uh, you know, as you read Matthew 24, I just encourage you, please take it seriously. Uh, because, you know, if you're a pre-tribber, let's put it this way. Thank goodness Noah didn't think like a pre-tribber. He would have never built the ark, right? Pre-tribbers were standing outside the ark like, nah, God's got my back. We're good. You know what I mean? Like this, this tragedy that's coming, I don't have to worry about it. I'm special, right? Meanwhile, Noah's out there slinging a hammer and iron spikes like, well, he said, do this. I'm going to go ahead and get it done because he said some, some flood is coming. There's going to be rain. What? There's going to be fountains of the deep cracked open. Like what, what's going on here? You're like, okay, Lord, man, thanks for making me sound like a, a nut job, right? As he's telling others, the bottom line is, yeah, you might, might, might call me a nut job. I'm totally fine with that. Bottom line is, when the water's hitting your knees, so to speak, I'm not so crazy no more, okay? Um, so uh, let's go to, now Now we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll leave Matthew at this point, okay? Um, actually, you know what? No, we're going to go to uh, 36, verse 36. But of that day, there's Noah, right? But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. Okay, but as the days of Noah were, so shall the, the so shall also the coming of Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah, before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came, and took them all away. And so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, so what it what means is is you got Christians who are snoozing right now, right? At this end point. Um, and they're not preparing. When this flood, if you will, when this tragedy is coming, when this great tribulation comes, and you're not prepared, it's going to be a bad situation for you. And you can only hope that it's it's easy and it's over quick for you. But it doesn't look like that in Revelation when we get to those verses. So um, again, it's not about about being scared. It's about being prepared. It's like, well, you know, what makes sense, right? When we're going to get to that, God gives us great direction as well. Um, but here, this is speaking of the rapture in verse 40, right, of chapter 24. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken, and the other left. And two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, and the other left. So he literally is speaking of this, this rapture time as well, right? So we know that. Now listen, here's what's crazy, right? Uh, prophecy is, is a third of the Bible, um, much of which is only believed by 18% of Christians anymore, and taught 2% of the time in church. We have a problem. We have a big problem. I don't know about you, but, you know, the everyday overcoming, um, health, wealth, prosperity, you know, you're down and out, you'll feel better, uh, sort of thing gets old, right? Do, do you walk out fed? Uh, do you, do you walk out with new knowledge when you're, when you're at church, when you're being taught, do they dig deep? Is it deep enough for you? And I'm telling you right now, I'm glad to feed you, but I love giving scripture. You need it because the scripture says it all. It says it all. So when we, uh, let's recap for a minute. So we know there'll be a great tribulation, uh, nothing like we've ever seen before. We know that many will be deceived by false teachings, miracles, and false messiah, okay? Um, we know that the trumpet will be blown, 
right, according to Matthew here, and we know the Christians will be taken. So these are the things we take right out of Matthew 24, pretty straightforward. Now, as I mentioned about the this great deception that's going to be happening, how can we possibly be deceived that Christ is, you know, come back to the earth? Well, again, if you're stuck in a very difficult time and pre-trib didn't happen and you're still here, you're going to be a very, very, very confused individual. And when you see a miracle happen before your eyes, you're going to go, wow. Now, remember, when Jesus was here, what did he do? Miracles. He did miracles. He did miracles in the sight of men, which ultimately carried a testimony 2,000 years, over 2,000 years later to your, your video right now. We're talking about it right now. That's how powerful the miracles are. So don't think for one moment that you wouldn't have someone who is not well read going, hmm, I don't know now, right? It's, things got really rough out here. And, and now there's this Messiah in it. Oh man, millions of Jews are all worshiping this, this quote unquote Messiah. Um, and, and, and a lot of my Christian friends are too. And they, they all believe it. They're going to go, they want to go to the temple. They want to, you know, you can only imagine, right? So the son of perdition. Now I want to mention this because this is very important. In 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verses 2 through 5, and then we'll read 8 through 9, okay? So uh, verse 2, 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, 2. That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. Again, deception is going to be heavy here, folks. For that day shall not come. It shall not come until what? Except there be a falling away first, which we are seeing not only just in human beings as a whole falling away from God, but we are seeing churches falling away from God rapidly, okay? And not preaching this teaching right here is part of the falling away. This is where, you know, Christians get hooched. The, the shepherd is supposed to be protecting the sheep. Instead, he's got the sheep dancing in front of a pack of hungry wolves going, it's okay, you'll be just fine, um, so anyways, uh, so we have the great falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalt himself above all that is God, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, yet I told you these things. So we're being told, again, there's a deception and, and this son of perdition, the man of sin, is sitting in the temple. Call him an antichrist. Call him a beast. I don't care what you call him. This is talking, you know, it says son of perdition. And he's going to hold himself to God level in the temple. Okay, so again, I tell you, this third temple, if you don't research it, please research it. You can look up like the Temple Institute. They've got every ritual you need to have done in the temple, just like old school, Old Testament has all been laid out. It's ready to rock and roll. The stones of the temple are ready to rock and roll. It's really just a decision of where it will be built. That's all that there is left. And so I don't doubt it would take six months to have the temple built uh, when it happens. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see as soon as next year for that temple to go up. But we are definitely within the, the next, next few years uh, for sure, just based on what's going on in the world okay so understand that's a key piece so when you hear oh the they finally settled and the temple's going to be built like understand like whoa whoa yeah yeah bye bye pre-trip like all of a sudden you're in it right all right so uh showing himself that he is god remember i told you these things okay so and in verse eight 
okay, in verse 8 through 9 here, and then shall the wicked be revealed, okay, so the son of perdition is being revealed, so to speak, right, um, whom the Lord, and, and he's going to get consumed later on, but whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the work of Satan with all powers and signs and wonders, lying wonders, power, signs, and lying wonders, um, so we are here for all of this, okay, and um, remember, the very elect might be deceived, so don't be surprised if, you know, you have a pastor down the street uh, over here, over there, that gets deceived by it as well. Bottom line is, if they're not a studier of the word, they're going to be confused just the same. So now, one other thing that's important, I just want to point out in Revelation, um, what is that? I believe that's Revelation 13. I didn't write my reference there. Um, in Revelation 13... Let's go to that real quick. And so this is, yeah, Revelation 13, verses 13 and 14. And he doeth great wonders. This is the second beast. And now, listen, I, I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm not a, a perfectionist of Revelation. There are many things that could be many different things. Okay, understand that. So uh, I think anyone who tells you they've got Revelation figured out to 100% to the T, you got to kind of walk away because at that point, it's just prideful. Um, and there's just some things you're not going to understand until you're right on top of it. Okay. Um, but here, the second beast, uh, which could be a nation, it could be powers, it could be presidents, it could be kings, whatever. Um, but, and he doth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, which could be literal fire. It could be rockets, you name it. Remember, this is a vision of someone in biblical times. The only thing that came down from heaven back then was fire. The only thing that flew was insects and bugs. So our descriptions are going to be related to such. All right. But he maketh fire come down from heaven in the earth in sight of men. Uh, here we go. And deceive them that dwell on earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. So again, more deception. Okay, there's going to be miracles going on in this time, and people will be deceived. So, um, now, we know that there will be great tribulation. Nothing like we've seen before. Once again, we're going to reiterate. We know that many will be deceived by false teachings, miracles, and false messiah. We know that the trouble will be blown. We know Christians will be taken. Again, nothing has changed here so far. But we've seen who the deceivers are, where they're going to be deceiving from, really. The temple. We talk about people saying, Christ is here, Christ is there. So we need to be prepared for that mentally, okay? We know, just like Christ said, I'm coming in the clouds, okay? I'm not coming down to earth to mess around. I'm coming in the clouds. You're going to meet me there. All right. So let's confirm that, as a matter of fact, with other books of the Bible. So let's move on. We're moving out of Matthew here and uh, our other and, and our other revelation uh, reference there. So in first Thessalonians four, 15 through 18. All right. So, you know, go ahead and turn there. Get your highlighter out. So in verse 15, again, it's first Thessalonians four, 15. So for for this, uh, we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Okay, we're not going to prevent those who are dead to, to be with the Lord. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay, so notice something. We have, we have, uh, we have Christ coming, right? He's going to come, so for the Lord shall descend, right? All right? from heaven, and with the voice of the archangel, there's going to be this cry out from the archangel, the archangel is going to shout, and the dead in, and 
the dead in Christ rise first. Uh, and we have the trump of God. So we have all these, these components right here, which ha- absolutely go right along with Matthew so far, right? And uh, then which we are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. All right, so again, we're meeting them where? In the clouds. Um, dead in Christ, then us, right? Now, um, and we're going to meet the Lord in the air, it says, right there. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So meaning, no givebacks, right? Um, when he raptures you, you got your VIP pass. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord for grace. Praise the Lord for grace. Gets me excited. And guess what? It finishes up in verse 18 right there. It says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You see, we're not supposed to comfort one another with nonsense. we got to comfort one another with the truth. Okay, I'd rather, uh, you know, <laughs> how does it say? I'd rather uh, hurt you with the truth than to comfort you with a lie. First um, Corinthians 15, 51, and 52. Now, again, this is going to reiterate what Christ said in 24. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, which means we shall not all die, um, but we shall all be changed, right? We're all going to get our celestial bodies, as you can read in, in these chapters as well. And in the moment, in the twinkling of, a lie, uh, of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Now, incorruptible is a key word here too, Okay. If you have sin, you are corrupted. If you're being raised incorruptible, that means you are saved. That's salvation, right? Christ forgave your sin. He raptured you. you, you no, no unclean thing can enter the kingdom of heaven. So here is a clear uh, um, uh, thing here that's saying the rapture happens at the last trump. And it's, it's those who are incorruptible that are being raised at this time. Because remember, the rest are not raised until later on in Revelation to the white throne judgment. Um, so the dead shall be raised in corruptible, uh, incorruptible and we shall be changed. So at this point now, as we hone things down, we know it's the last trumpet must be blown. Christians will be taken. We meet him in the clouds. Um, and, uh, there's the voice of the archangel, right? And so far we agreed on one thing, right? When we first started, we agreed on the wrath of God, right? We're not supposed to deal with his wrath that much. We can agree upon so uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and get to that real quick. This is an easy one. If you read Revelation, everyone should know by heart where the wrath of God is poured out. It's very easy because it actually just says it, right? Revelation 16, 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of wrath of God upon the earth. All right, so. Uh, you know, I speak English pretty good, and uh, that says that that's the God's wrath being poured out upon the earth, okay? Right? I think we can all understand that. It's, it's very simple. So, what we were promised in those four verses we read at the very beginning is that we're not going to be here for this wrath. That's it. That's what we're promised. So, thank God we're not here for it, because it gets really bad, like really fast. All right. And, and, you know, the first people to deal with things are those who took the mark of the beast. Um, if you read, want to read Revelation, go deeper on that um, as well. But, you know, and it's interesting because you get some people who think, well, the wrath of God was, you know, that happened in Revelation 6, uh, 15 through 17. And if you read that, it says in the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains, listen to who it is here, folks, and the mighty men and every bondman and free man and hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains. And they said in the mountains, rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. All right. For the great day of his wrath has come. Who shall be able to stand? 
Well, let me tell you who didn't speak out and say it's the wrath. Christians. Because we just read four verses. God doesn't lie. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. He said, you won't have to deal with my wrath. So these are people, the rich men. Just look at who it is again, right? This isn't the elect. This isn't believers in Christ. This isn't the saved. This is, this is the rest of the world right here in this moment thinking the great day of the wrath has come. But you know what? As a Christian, you're saying, <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically what you're thinking. Like, you ain't seen it yet. This ain't God's wrath. You know, y'all, y'all, I know, you know, you, 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 you unbelievers don't believe in the flood and so on, right? And it's like, um, listen, um, when God pours his wrath out, everybody gets it, okay? It's, it's rough, right? So, Revelation 16 is the promise, right? That's it. We're just not subject to the wrath. So, now what we want to do is go ahead and let's look in Revelation. We're going to dig up some verses here so that we can confirm what we've read so far, where's this trumpet, uh, the last trumpet, and so on, right? So here's what else is cool. Revelation 10, 7. I love this verse. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants and prophets. Ta-da! Folks, literally, it says right here, the seventh angel. Why is the seventh angel important? Because it's the last trumpet. We just read that in Corinthians and, and, and Thessalonians. It's the last trumpet. Christ said the trumpet has to sound. So, and right here it's telling you this angel is going to sound. The mystery of God will be finished. Listen, when millions of Christians, living Christians, vanish from this earth, there's, there's going to be some driving cars, flying planes, operating military craft, um, you know, at the office next to you, boom. Okay, the bottom line is, let me just tell you something, all right? People are going to know. People are going to know. Yeah, they're going to try to explain it away, right? The vanishings, I wonder what happened. Aliens must have come. I'm sure they'll just say it's aliens, whatever. It really won't matter because there really isn't no fun time right after the rapture. Uh, there is no a warm and fuzzy moments for the rest of the world because his vials of wrath are poured out very quickly upon the earth and nothing's going to be sustained because it destroys the earth. Okay. It destroys the rivers. It destroys the oceans, everything. So, um, uh, so as we look right there again, revelation 10, seven tells us it's coming, right? We're not at the seventh trumpet yet. Revelation 11, 15 and 18. This is where the seventh angel is sounded. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of, our, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And, the and in verse 18, it says, And the nations were angry that thy wrath has come, and that the, and the time of the dead. Here we go. We're, it's interesting, right? We're on the last trumpet. It's time of the dead. What's, what are we going on here? Um, that they should be judged. Okay. And that thou shouldest give reward. Okay? Judgment is not just bad, folks. Judgment is you're getting what you deserve, so to speak. Like Not, not that we deserve anything uh, great, right, by grace of God. But there is positive judgment and negative judgment that happens at the end of the day, right? Uh, if you get a perfect 10, you got judged by judges, it's a good day, okay? You get a 1, not a good day, right? All right, so... So it says here, and the nations were angry, wrath, the time of the dead, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. And they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, thy prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and should destroy them which should destroy the earth. So here we are. Literally, the seventh trumpet is sounded, and one of the first things that come out is, it's time. It's the time of the dead. It's time to give reward. 
Okay, so here we are. Like, why? why well, what's going to happen? Well, we already know the rapture can happen now that the seventh trumpet has sounded. Now, the dead in Christ are going to go first, and we can assume that it's quick. We don't know. Is it like just before us, you know, days before? I don't know. The bottom line is you're not going to know that piece because when they go, you're not going to see that component. But the living Christians, the rest of the world is going to see that uh, for sure. They're going to see that, and it's going to cause mass chaos, and that's when they're going to know. They're going to know it's too late. Okay, they're going to know they messed up. So uh, now here's what's interesting. Okay, because pre-tribbers, again, as we dig deeper into Revelation, they think they're not here for this. And here's more scripture against this. Okay, again, I'm telling you this so you can prepare. I want you to get your life vest ready. Okay, um, salvation first, by the way. Salvation first. You got to have Christ in your heart. Got to have Christ in your heart. You've got to accept. He's got to be your Lord and Savior. And trust me, when he is, you're going to act to the word that he gave you. Okay. So Revelation 12, 17, it says, And the dragon, which is the devil, uh, was wroth with the woman and went, make, went to make war with the remnant of her seed, uh, which keepeth the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, can you please tell me in all of the world who keeps the testimony of Jesus Christ? Who is it? It's Christians, right? That's it. It's you and it's me. Nobody else ever tells anyone else about Jesus. In fact, most Christians are pretty tight-lipped about it. And that's unfortunate. Okay, so that means the devil is wroth, and he's going after Christians in these end times, and those who keep the testimony or keep the commandments of God. So you can you can put you know um, Old Testament style Jews in there as well that are that are living that way as well. They're keeping the commandments of God. He's going to persecute any anything that has to do with God and Jesus Christ. Period. But the main important for you is as a Christian is you're here for this. Otherwise, the devil doesn't have anybody right to go after. And if, then who's it persecuting? If they're all going to hell that are here, what is the point, people? What's the devil doing now? You know what I'm saying? Like he's bored. He doesn't have anybody, man. I don't have any friends. Okay. So now. I do know some people would like to say, well, oh, it's a remnant of her seed. That's the Jews. It's not us. Silly. Au contraire, mon frère. Okay. So we look at uh, Galatians 3, 16, and then verses 26 through 29. So Galatians 3, 16. Now to Abraham and his seed, where, where the promises made, hath, um, he saith not, and to seeds as, as of many, but as of one. All right, many seeds, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is in Christ. Okay, now, for ye, now, uh, verses 26 through 29, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. Uh, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus, and here it is. And if ye be Christ's, then ye are th then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. So, you are the seed. Okay, you are the remnant. You are what's left. You are those who keep the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is who the devil is after in the end times. I told you, you are the tribulation saints. You are who he's coming after. It's the only thing that makes sense, people. He's not going after the unsaved. House divided against itself can't, can't stand. The devil's not going after people that are already on his side. He's going after those who are on Christ's side to deceive them, to pull them out. He wants to ruin every single person. Every person that he can, he wants to take them to the lake of fire. And he's doing a great job at it. So, now, in... in uh, 
Revelation 13, 4 through 5. And this is important um, because, again, in end times, if you don't prepare, you're going to have a rough time. Living in the city is no place to be in the end times. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Just common sense would tell you that. Being dependent on the grocery store for your food is going to make you very vulnerable in end times. Just know that. Mark of the Beast is a serious thing. That's a whole other message. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be here. And yes, it is a concern for you and any fool, I'm going to say it, fool who says that it all has to do with how you worship. That's the Mark of the Beast and so on. I'm telling you right now, they're a liar. A liar. You have to watch. There's a reason why Christ said it's going to go in your hand or your forehead. There's a reason why it's buy and sell. But anyways, before I go off on that tangent, let's, let's go here. Revelation 13, 4 through 5. And they worshiped the dragon. This is the devil, right? Which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given... Uh, him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given on him to continue 40 and two months. And I don't know if I got that on there. Hold on one second, folks. And here we go in verse 13 and 14. And it says, and he doeth great wonders, right? And here, here he doeth great wonders. So he maketh fire come down from heaven by the side of men and deceiveth them that dwell upon the earth by the means of the miracles, right? We, we read that a little bit earlier. But the beast is given power to overcome the saints. And actually, when we read that in Revelation, uh, it's in verse 7. It's Revelation 13, 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. And to overcome them, okay? So the bottom line is, is, is you're being told right here that's just part of, it's part of the end, okay? It's part of what's going to go on. The, you can't purge Christianity without killing Christians. Take a look at history, folks. That's what happens when you purge, try to purge a religion. you got to extinguish it. And that means killing people, unfortunately. History proves that time and time again. So for 42 months, this is the, what I would consider to be the second half of the tribulation. For three and a half years, the highest level of persecution and the, the you know, mark of the beast and so on is going on. And then we get to the rapture, okay? So here, I want, I, want to, I want to explain something to you. And here's all the points that we've literally covered up to here happening in Revelation 14, 14. So if you thought the rapture happened anywhere else, you are missing every single component that Christ said needed to be there, that Thessalonians said, Corinthians said, and, and, and uh, Revelation 10, and so on, okay? So, Revelation 14, 14 through 19, we're going to read that. And lo, <laughs> excuse me, and I looked, and behold, a white cloud. So here we're in the clouds. And upon the cloud, one sat like unto the Son of Man, hmm, having his head with a golden crown. Wow. Okay, so we got the Son of Man with a golden crown and his hand a sharp sickle. Okay, and another angel came out. So here comes another angel out of the temple crying with a loud voice. Okay, so here's the cry out from the angel that was also required here, folks. Thrust thy sickle and reap for the time has come for thee to reap. Okay, it's pretty simple. Christ in the clouds with his crown. Angel says it's time, calls out loud, right? And he thrusts. Now, understand, this is just after the seventh trumpet is blown, essentially, 
Okay, we read that already in, in our other chapter here before this. So the seventh trumpet is blown. It is time, as we read, it's time of the reward of the dead and the saints and those who fear thy name and blah, 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 right? And we move on, and then here it is. He comes to the clouds. It's time. He's going to thrust his sickle. Amen, right? Thank God for grace. Here he comes. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And now you get raptured, okay? And it says, for the, for, the, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he said, on the cloud and thrust his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Now here's an interesting point as we read verse 17. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, also having a sharp sickle. Okay, This angel has a sharp sickle. This isn't the son of man. And it says, and another angel came out of the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry unto him with the sharp sickle. So this angel tells that angel, um, thrust thy sickle and gather the rest, right? Gather the clusters of the vine of the wrath of God, or the vine of the earth, rather. And for her grapes are fully ripe, and angel thrust his sickle into the earth, gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it in the great winepress of wrath of God. So here you have the strongest verbiage in all the Bible. There's none other. There's, there's no other chapter you're going to read here, and you're going to have this going on. None, 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 none. Okay? Pre-trib, I don't know what they do. They're like, right? They just snow you over. No, 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 no. Well, th listen, this is it right here. I know, right? Like, I hope I made you giggle a little bit. Um, Reminds me, reminds me, my grandson. But uh, anyways, um, so here you have it happening. The Son of Man is in the clouds. This is after the trumpet is blown. So there is no part of the Bible that contradicts whatsoever. Everything is laid out from, from Matthew all the way through, folks. That's how simple this is when you put it together and you realize like, wow, this is, this is bulletproof. I'm going to tell you, tell you how I put all that together, by the way. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I've heard other people say, well, the Spirit spoke to me. I'm a, I, I don't know, I don't know. I, really can't, I can't speak on that behalf. But what I do know is in one night... In a matter of hours, from about 9 p.m. to about 3 a.m., the Holy Spirit dumped these verses right on my lap. And I was praying about it because I was preaching on the mark of the beast. And I'm like, all right, Lord, what else do you want me to include? And uh, he says, I want you to talk about the rapture. And I'm like, it happens. Um, I believe it happens in Revelation 14, 14. But I don't know how, Father. You know, I won't speak on things I'm not sure on. <laughs> I don't know how to put it together. And in those hours, literally till 3 a.m., it was put together. And I was so excited. I mean, honestly, I felt like, you know, I was solving the world's code. And I, I never before had dug into it. So not to that depth, because I was under the same impression. Hey, well, when it happens, it happens. If y'all are wrong, y'all are wrong. But we learned just today how the great deception is going to happen during this time. So if you don't get raptured out, think about the faith that people are going to lose. Man, they said it was going to happen, and now it didn't happen, and now look how rough everything is, and I don't, is there even a God anymore? And then all of a sudden, boom, someone's on planet Earth doing miracles. Hey, there he is, right? So great deception. So in Revelation 15, and, and this is other things that kind of help you uh, confirm a little bit. If you notice in Revelation 15, guess who is there, right? Not only is that the preparation of the vials, but in Revelation 15, um, it says, I, it, this, this is the raptured. This is the raptured. Uh, right after this. So this also confirms that this was the rapture. And it says, And I saw another sign in heaven, having great, mar um, great marvelous uh, seven angels, having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. So they're preparing the vials to dump out in chapter 16, like we read. And I saw as were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and, and them that had gotten victory over the beast and over the image and over his mark and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Hmm, maybe they're standing on the firmament. Um, but they have the harps of God. Another live stream, right? Um, having the harps of God. So here, and they sing the song of Moses, uh, the servant of God, 
uh, and the Song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy, um, are thy ways, thou King of saints. So here it is, the raptured, they are standing there singing. They got victory, victory over the mark of the beast, which is still yet to come, meaning they had to deal with it, folks. You can't have victory over something you didn't fight against. Think about that for a moment. You're going to, what do you know, you're going to fight against a shadow? They got victory over the mark of the beast. They're raptured. They're with him. What does that tell you? You're going to be here for it. It is real. You're going to have to deal with it. It has nothing to do with how you worship. It's going to have to do with how you buy and sell, right? That's what's important. But I'm going to give you a, a warning here, though. Preachers, pastors, anyone who teaches the word, very important because so many pastors skip revelation. So many pastors don't want to talk about it. It's hard stuff, right? It's hard stuff to learn, but it's also, it's going to scare the, the offering plates too deep. I've heard this too much. You know what I mean? It's too much for people. They can't handle it. Let me just tell you something. The more people I meet, uh, the, the, the more I see that they're thirsty for it, and they really want to walk away with tangibles. So we've got enough verses in here today to give all the tangibles needed. But check this out. Warning. All right, and this is Revelation, what was that, Mason? That was Revelation 22. So Revelation 22, 18 um, 18 through 19, it says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the prof this book of, prof of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So, there's the danger of skipping Revelation. It's, it puts you in danger of the lake of fire, essentially. You're not supposed to skip it. Skipping this book is omitting the whole thing. Keep that in mind. If, if you're preaching a third of the Bible 2% of the time, there's a problem. So, preachers, I'm, I'm just telling you, get with it. Pay attention. Think about your sheep that you're, you're shepherding. Think about them for a moment. If you tell them don't prepare and you throw them out into the rough seas and they don't have life jackets, they're going to drown. Okay, and it's going to be on you. That blood is going to be on your hands. Don't think for one moment God's going to look at you and go, well, you know, you're right. It was a scary message. And uh, I guess, you know, it's probably good that you didn't. No, uh, he says otherwise. So I'm encouraging you to, uh, you know, stick with it. Teach the word. And again, if you're a pre-tribber, please digest the verses that are here today and understand that. Now, I don't, I'm going to. I guess go ahead and wrap up here in a moment. But I just want to tell you, there's more even we could go in depth, okay? Uh, including, you know, a little touch on the 144,000. You know, I've heard things as pre-tribbers, by the way, the 144,000, like they're here doing things on earth. Prove it. There's not one verse in there that says 144,000 are doing anything on earth. In fact, if you read closely, they're not on earth. They're around the throne in heaven. And actually, they're the first ones to be sealed, and they are the first fruits unto God and the Lamb, not you or me. So you can't beat them there. They're not going to be here while you're up there. Okay, read Revelation. There's two spades, right? You got chapter 7 and chapter 14. Pay close attention. Don't be confused when it says in 14 by Mount Zion, by the way. Um, that is the kingdom it's talking about. They are round about the throne. So... Um, I hope you enjoyed this today, and you know what? Uh, just like on our podcasts, uh, we love to end in prayer. Um, uh, before we end in prayer, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Mason. I'm working behind the camera and everything. Uh, Dad, uh, uh, to clarify, what? so what is it about the pre-trib rapture that's the most dangerous? We know that it's you know uh, unpreparedness 
and very and it could very well lead to the worship of the man of sin as Christ himself. Um, so uh, could you go ahead and clarify on that? Yeah. So there's there's a number of things, folks. Uh, again, you got to think about it like this: the 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 parts that come together are the mark of the beast in this too. There, there's massive control over the anyone. Now, we, if you're if you're paying attention at all, you know we're going cashless as a globe very quickly. That's to bring forth that prophecy. Once governments don't have cash floating and it's all digital, the governments actually have more power and control over every human being than they ever have since the beginning. And think about this: for the last decades, many decades. The governments have been pushing you towards everything except self-sufficiency. What they've done is teach you how to be dependent, not independent. I don't care right now today if you make a million dollars a year, a million dollars a day. If you don't have your own food growing for yourself and you still have to buy from the store, you're dependent. You're 100% dependent. That, 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 that chubby, hairy trucker over there, you better kiss him. I don't care. You, know, you make millions, he, he don't. But I'll tell you what, you better kiss him because if he gets lazy, he doesn't want to deliver, you're going to starve, okay? So the reality is if you're not prepared, the, the risk is this. You will be left as a Christian with you, your children, and your family without the ability to, at, at, at the worst point, okay, without the ability to buy food, water, gas, electricity. And in case you haven't noticed, they're going to turn the other people in the world against you. You will be hunted, we read this. You will be hunted. So you got to think about that and that sort of thing like, hey, I probably should have my own food resource. So, you know, think about it in those terms. Now, listen, if you don't, okay, you might go into a bondage, right? A starvation. Have you ever, let me ask you this. Have you ever uh, fasted for, you know, 25 days on purpose, right? Well, imagine being hungry. You ever watch Naked and Afraid, right? People mentality starts shutting down when they don't have food they don't have places to go you're not going to feed yourself in the city at this point you're an enemy of the state take a look at the rhetoric going behind the masks right now and wait till the vaccine rhetoric begins well it already has but just understand all this control that's being taken from us go home lock up the virus will go the virus will disappear when it gets bored okay they're they're exercising complete and total mind control over you right now with masks and with vaccines, like come to the government. They want you to see the government as the almighty answer, not God, not in any way, shape or form. So the danger is you won't be prepared and you're so bougie. Let's just be honest. You're bougie, right? You, you wouldn't know what it would take to support yourself off your own food, off your own land, even if you got had instructions at this point. Now, there's some of you out there. God bless you. You're already ready. I know. I talked to some of you, right? Those of you know what I'm up to, right? <clears throat> People know. Like, I'm preparing. I'm preparing smartly, all right? I know I got to build an ark, proverbial ark, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm building that ahead of time because when things get to that point, I don't care about the grocery store. I don't care about electric, electricity coming. I'm going to be prepared for that stuff. So there's, there's your risk. But and, and most often, when it says the very elect will be deceived even possibly, right? Think about you being in the most vulnerable space. You're hungry. Your children are hungry. Maybe your grandchildren, whatever it is. Think about that for a moment. And I mean, like, and if anyone helps you, they go to prison, right? You're, they'll, they'll criminalize it. Just think outside the box for a moment here. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, they're telling you, listen, this isn't the mark of the beast or, you know, this isn't uh, this, you know, hey, it's okay. Everyone else is doing it. And the pressure will begin to build upon you. 
All right. And it's just dangerous. It's dangerous. Um, you know, you, you, you can only pray that it comes quickly, but it's not. And that's where the seven years come in. You got the first, you know, three and a half with the two witnesses, which is before the ultimate persecution of Christians begin. When they leave, that's when the ultimate persecution steps in. So it's really the second half of the tribulation that gets you before God's wrath. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you can only hope you can line up to be uh, slaughtered quickly. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you this, by the way, you, you can't have fear of that. Can't have fear of that. This body, right? He who seeks to save his life shall lose it. I'm just telling you, the fear of this body uh, dying uh, is not something you should have. Uh, but when God gives you instructions about to flee or go to the wilderness or at this time, watch out for that abomination. I've told you about this. He's given them instructions. He's given you instructions for a reason. If you want to ignore it, that's fine. But don't complain when you're stuck in it and you don't know what else to do. Because honestly, by the time the abomination stands in the holy place, remember, he says you don't even have time to get things out of your home. So if you're not preparing ahead of time, you're certainly not going to have time then. So I'm just uh, telling you, uh, why, why put yourself in, a, in that position? Just prepare. Find other Christians, brothers and sisters that are believers. Work together. You're going to need it. In case you haven't noticed, you're going to need it. Um, you know, you, you, you've seen something, right? There was no separation of church and state with coronavirus, was there? Lockdown or else. I mean, I could go to Home Depot and I could buy Dextain, but I can't go to, can't go to church and, 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 and talk about the blood of Jesus. Hmm. I guess if we had sold some Dextain at church, we all could have met there. And the coronavirus evidently, you know, um, Dextain kind of keeps it from people getting sick. So just read between the lines, uh, folks. Read, please read between the lines. It, the veil is being pulled back every day. You can be willfully ignorant of it if you want to. That's okay. But to be honest with you, uh, it's coming quickly. All right. So now we're going to go ahead and we're going we're gonna to pray. Father in heaven, we come to you today in Jesus' holy name. We thank you for the opportunity to learn, to dig into your word, knowing that it's true and what you said is true, Father. I pray for each and every person that listened tonight, that they highlighted their Bible, that they got the, the feeding that they needed out of this, that they got the alert that they needed to have that they take you seriously and understand that these warnings are for them, not for somebody else. And I pray that they take heed and prepare now while they can. Give us the peace in our hearts each and every day. Give us the resources, connect us with other uh, Christians, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and help us be strong, Father. In Jesus' holy name, we look forward to seeing you at the last trumpet. Amen. <laughs>